Yeah, I'm gonna have to like clean the floor and put fresh pads on just to make them stick again. The impossible runner. Oh, run. He's just like a flying torpedo. The impossible yeah. runner. <laughs> What was that song? The Impossible Dream from yeah. La Mancha. Dream the uh, Impossible yeah. Do you know what I hate? What? How This Is The Moment is like a like a wedding song sometimes. Who? For who? I don't know. My mom heard it. And Which song? That is like, sounds like a... Yeah, this goes back to the whole thing about high school teachers not listening to lyrics. I know. And just hearing like, oh, this is the moment. What, what is the moment? Wedding. Wedding is the yeah. moment. <laughs> all <laughs> love is wedding moments. is all the moment. All of the dreaming, screaming, and seeing. Yeah, like, yeah. which I mean, to be fair, a lot of that in relationships. Am I right, friends? Am I right, fellas? <laughs> a lot of dreaming, scheming, and screaming, and creaming. A lot of slap, slap, kiss. This is moment. God, I don't know anyone who uses any song from fucking Jekyll and Hyde as a wedding song. But it's all a facade. If you want to use facade as a wedding song, okay. If you use bitch, bitch, bitch as a wedding song, okay, fine. Those are the two excuses. I'm playing bitch, bitch, bitch at present for one of the kids. As people are coming into your wedding. Yes. You know what lady have? It's the opening to the reception. Darling doobie wash. She's a bitch. Likes to switch. switch. He's bisexual. <laughs> Likes to switch. The problem with Jekyll and Hyde also is it's like sung through and the show keeps getting rewritten every couple of years yeah. to like make it better. But like, my God, it's just like, leave that sore alone. Stop picking at it. You're is it always the same writer going back to it? Frank Wildhorn, yeah. I think I just, I think I've just placed a song in my head that is from Jekyll and Hyde. Well, like, a new life. I think I sing yeah. that to myself a lot and I don't know what it's from. I will buy you a new life. Uh, what? I will buy you a garden where your flowers can bloom. Oh, I will buy you yes. a new car. Oh, I think Perfect, it was shiny and new. Wildhorn also write that really insane. We I remember so distinctly. Lee was driving us back from somewhere. The you're thinking of Alice in Wonderland. There's a musical called Wonderland. Is that what you're thinking of? <gasps> yeah, that was also not. That's also crap. All his musicals are crap. Is, just, that, he's writing is crap. that the one I'm thinking of? Isn't the Mad Hatter the villain or something? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and it's is. a woman. I think like the it is. is a woman yeah. too. There's a song that's literally just like I'm the Mad Hatter. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's as mad as me or some shit like that. <laughs> Like, yes, I get it. You're mad. You're a hatter. Move on. That song oh. used a second pass. Oh, oh, oh. Did you watch the what? trailer for Dear Evan Hansen? Oh, my God, yeah. It looks insane. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. So it's so weird looking. Fully 30 okay, years old. And the thing is... The I mean, he looks older than 30. Yeah. yeah. The thing is weird, too, is like he normally looks younger than that in real life. And he like I read online that he was like, yeah, I decided to lose weight for the world. Like, that was a bad decision. Bad idea. gaunt and old. Yes. Like, he does. He needed to be like a little bit more normal size. Yeah. He actually should have let his face fill out because that yeah, would have given it makes him a little bit younger. baby fat. Right. And he, just look, he looks like an old man He's wearing just, a wig. Like, you expect the security guard to pull over and be like, excuse me, like, <laughs> like what, what are you doing here? Are you really supposed to be here? Here's, here, here's this Why way. are you singing power ballads in this high school, sir? This is like a, almost like a, a high thought, but yeah. is Waving Through a Window, like, the man's uh, defying gravity? <laughs> is it? Yeah. Oh my god, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of, well, I mean, to me, I think the yeah. thing with defying gravity, the defying gravity has to end at the end of Act 1. It has to be like your big Act 1 number where you're yeah. like, fuck it all, like, I'm going to be me, and Waving Through a Window is more sort of like, like an I am number earlier on in the yeah, show. Yeah, but like in terms of like you know, guy, like going to an audition and Insufferable like, song that yes. then we'll be singing, yes, at karaoke bars. Theater students will Thank be singing you. it for years. It's we, we have no cultural context for it, but I really wish that we would do an Elizabeth in English. So I would bad. love that. Nobody would care about it because I like, feel like you could tell the story Nobody cares about the prince, the sort of Austrian empire, but <laughs> It is a bananas musical though. It's nuts. 
It's literally that this when this girl was I born. I know what it's about. She became. I've talked about. I've been. Before. I've lived with Lee for no, how many years? Very true. You think I've never fucking heard of Elizabeth before? Get bent. <laughs> Fuck off, Rebecca. <laughs> Episode of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down, watch a troubled movie, and have a nice little drink that is hopefully somewhat vaguely themed around the movie we were watching, uh, and then talk about what was bad, what was good, and how we could do it better because we're all so good at it. Uh, Just fixing it again. I am your host for this week, Lee Newspaper and Delahanty. I am Brendan. More milk! Mom! <laughs> Trishler. And I'm Chris, a mess for women in the 90s. Revound. <laughs> And if you could not tell uh, from those nicknames, we have just finished watching 1994's I Love Trouble. And you are like most of America. Nobody has seen this then and nobody's seen it now. Uh, this movie stars Julie Roberts and Nick Nolte. They were 27 years apart yeah. and they were paired yeah. up in this movie. And you can tell. And yep. it is. Boy, does it show. And we're, we'll get to it later, but it is uncomfy. Uh, written and produced by husband and wife team of Nancy Myers and Charles Shire. Mm -hmm. Directed by Chucky. Yep. It's a classic. Jackie Shire himself. Oh, I thought you meant the talking doll. Yes, the talking doll. After his attempt to murder children didn't go over too well, he's like, I better find a secondary. It's my side hustle here, directing. Yeah, quite quite the pedigree of talent wasted in this movie. Yeah, it truly is. It's a little mini Frasier reunion, as we observed from watching it. There's a lot of secondary Frasier characters populating the Bulldog. Including Bulldog. Donnie. We've got Bulldog, we've got Donnie, we've got, oh my god, what's Niles' wife's name? I can't Mel. Mel, Mel, yeah. And well, and then also randomly we have a small Schitt's Creek reunion as well. Yeah, we've got Eugene Levy and, and Wendy from Blouse Barn. Wendy from Blouse Barn, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've got Olympia Dukakis who shows up in two scenes, collects her paycheck and goes home. Same thing with Charles Loja. Yeah. Roger Loja, sorry. Hey, this Robert Loja. Robert Loja. Character actors yeah. just stacked with all uh, It's favorites. like a bad tweet, am I right? Too many yeah. characters. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also the level of jokes in this movie. Mm -hmm. Too many characters? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough. Enough joshing. Uh, what did we have to drink to get through this movie? Oh, so to get through this movie, we made ourselves our own little failure of chemistry <laughs> called a failure of chemistry. Pretty straightforward. First, we made some simple syrup. Lee made a simple syrup. It is half a cup of honey, half a cup of water, and four leaves of mint. You basically, you guys know how to make a simple syrup. Just sort of put it in a pan, let it simmer until it reduces. Put all that in there together to try and infuse some mint flavor into the honey syrup. Then you also need two teaspoons of that mint honey syrup, one and a half ounces of whiskey, two ounces of lemonade, two ounces of soda water, and then some lavender bitters and lemon garnish. You're just mixing everything together in a class, stir it up a little bit, but not so much that the bubbles start to go away. And, you know, throw in the bitters, throw in the lemon garnish, and there you are. You're done. You have a lack of chemistry, much like this movie. What'd yeah. you think? Well, unlike this movie, I thought that the ingredients came together quite well. I did too. It's a cruel <laughs> irony yeah. that these ingredients came together so well. It was, and Nick Nolte and Julia Roberts simply refused to. It was fresh. It was light. Uh, it was very refreshing. Yep. Everything this movie is not. Yes, mm, truly. Sweet. Mm, Enjoyable. Even, yep. like, um, I thought the, the... Worth revisiting. Yes. I think I would want to go in and maybe just try to juice up 
the lavender and the mint like a little more. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in, you know, with with the benefit of hindsight, it, we could have made yeah. the syrup more minty. I would have thrown in some a little bit more minty. bitters. Yeah, we we were hoping to get lavender, but um, it didn't happen. I went to the bougiest grocery store I could, and there was no lavender there. Nope. So nope. But yeah, it might have had more lavender flavor if we had been able to infuse the syrup with it. Maybe we should use more mint. But it was no, regardless, just yeah. a very nice refreshing yeah, lemonade still worked out. drink. Yeah, and it is well today. It's like what sixty degrees, but yeah, it was nice. This week yesterday. we're coming off of a very hot week. Well, and so. I was gonna say, like yesterday was in the eighties. The day before it was ninety one. Uh-huh. Fucking insufferable. Yeah, we have a, a at least, if nothing else, a nice cool weekend to look forward yep, to. Certainly. Uh, all right, we, this might be more of a round robin effort um, since Wikipedia. I think yeah, I think you here, should just read the synopsis, then we'll try and yeah, we'll try to fill it out a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll do our best. But, and this honestly, this has to be the shortest one we've ever had. Peter Brackett and Sabrina Peterson are two rival Chicago newspaper reporters. Sabrina is young and ambitious, whereas Peter is a fading star and has just published his first novel. They reluctantly join forces to unravel the mystery behind a train derailment. They argue o- over almost everything, but discover a conspiracy involving Jeanette the altered milk end of synopsis <laughs> so first of all I think calling him a fading star is not entirely correct I, no. like a, I don't get the impression right I don't he's sort of over like the hill sitting on his laurels right yeah yeah I mean like he's, he's kind of lazy and he doesn't always do his job but nonetheless yeah. he still has his face on vans he has a fucking gap ad mm-hmm. he's got this book that came out I think he's doing pretty okay for himself yeah I, I guess th- the worst it would be is that he just maybe doesn't feel that challenged by it anymore yeah right? I think he's like a veteran reporter and he's sort of starting to phone it in on a lot of his jobs. Right. Because you see him early on basically yeah. like doing a cotton and paste job. Yeah. yeah. With a story he had previously written. And it almost makes you think, huh, maybe there's a story here about a guy who learns to like love his job again after mm-hmm. he gets involved with this younger reporter who makes him realize why he got in this business in the first place. Well, sure, there's probably a story like that somewhere. It's not here, though. Up in the air. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Watch up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is up in the air, um, yeah. Except that's sort of like <laughs> man learns to hate about his job. he learns how to like, love firing people again. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's kind of, that's kind of the he opposite. He gets his passion back. It's kind of the inverse of, the, of that plot. Where yeah, it's like it is. Man learns how crushingly depressing his job is and, and realizes maybe he should have more going on. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, but I guess, honestly, other than that, I guess the part that I feel like the, the plot synopsis leaves out is... That's fucking the, a mystery. The train, yeah. is, the train is derailed to kill right. Clark Gregg's character, right. who is the son, son, the son of the of scientist. The scientist at, who cre- chess. at Chess Chemicals yes. that created LDF, this... Right. Cow hormone that makes them grow up real fast, but right, also, yes. also definitely gives you cancer. Yeah, yes. if you drink the milk, you will die. Yeah. And Clark Gregg knew about this. He had proof. And in a pen. In a yeah. pen in his briefcase. Yeah. He gets on a train that James Rehorn has rigged with bombs. I don't know. Somehow it's, it's there's faulty. a train crash. Yeah. It's, he, it's like... Sabotage. 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 He sabotaged it somehow. Yeah. That kills Clark Gregg, right. but... He wants... James Rehorn wants to get the suitcase. Unfortunately, yeah. some youths come by. It's already overkill, by the way, to... Uh, oh, I need this evidence from this guy. What should I do? I should derail the, the whole train. The total fucking train. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? 
As opposed to just, I don't know, silently killing him on his way to the train yeah, station. Yeah, I thought that that gigantic hitman dude that you hired. I, I know! To be the fair. lumbering, dark-haired <laughs> guy who's always in all leather. He yeah. does seem pretty bad at his job, right? Because then he lets <laughs> a so child terrible. steal the briefcase at the scene of the yeah. crime. He just like, watches it And it's just like, oh, great. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I feel like he could have done this job. Maybe he was being paid by the day or something. He wanted to, like, pad this out Here's for a while. Here's my thought. Given that his solution was to just blow up the whole train or whatever it was, derail, derail yeah. the train... Is he working for the same shadow organization as Vera Farmiga in The Commuter? Yeah. Uh, this, of just, like, like, way too complicated assassination. There's one witness that we really don't want speaking out, so we're just going to kill a whole train of people. <laughs> What's the easiest way to do away with this? I don't know. Kill the train? Yeah, just, you know what? You paint, use a big brush. Yeah. You're thinking too small, Jimmy. Um, but uh, it attracts the attention of, of Sabrina and Peter. Right. And Nicolette and Julia Roberts. Yeah. They both kind of, between the two of them, crack different parts of the case around. Right. Like, and it's like a real back and forth thing. Right. It's like, well, oh, he uncovered this thing. And the papers are scooping each other yeah. back and forth. The train is like pinned on, the crash is pinned on like a, oh, the inspector has a drinking problem. Right. And they find out that like he was murdered or. Or, or they find out that like he, it, he was planted. Yeah, he he claims that it was planted, the yeah. bottle of alcohol in his locker was yeah, planted. Yeah, it was, was planted and he didn't really do it. And yeah. then like the, one of the people is like, oh, I need you to like come to this building to like, so I can. Right. Give you clues, yes. Yeah. And they go there and they're almost killed by right. like an assassin. And then yeah. they realize, like, oh, there's some deeper shit going on. Right. There's and conspiracy goes all yeah. the way to the top. And honestly, like, it's not even worth I I don't I don't personally feel breaking down each individual step no, of the mystery, no, but it's bones not. of their mystery yeah. is solid. They, they kind of the mystery, I I agree. I and I actually really appreciated you could follow it as you're watching, but the two yeah. of them mostly just we go we, they kind of enter into a cycle of fucking each other over and then being like, Alright, cards on the table, we won't do that again. Yeah, and then you winky winky. And that that just kind of happens. It's not at all tiresome. Until basically they end up at the end of the movie at Chess Chemical and they find out, oh, it was their friend who was kind of the mastermind of it all. Yes, their friend who it turns out is South American and an arsonist. uh, Played by Saul Rubinak. It's Nick Nolte's friend. I noted South American actor. Yeah, Yeah. it's Nick Nolte's friend who played by, yeah, I don't know his name. Saul Rubinak. Saul Saul Rubinak. Rubinak, yeah. Who, whose real name is Ernesto Vargas in this yes. movie, apparently, and from South America. He's, yeah. he, was, he, was, he was essentially attached to a state senator from Wisconsin who has some kind of connection to okay. Derry. But here, yeah, do you want to know the weird thing was that I I guess I didn't really pick up on before? So we do have the first initial scene whenever Nick Nolte is calling Saul Rubinek at his office, and then we, like, pull out to reveal that Marsha Mason, the senator, is, like, sitting there listening. Yeah. But the second time, it's just Dan Butler sitting there, like, the chess, the heir to the I chess family. I thought she family. was in the, in the room, too. Again. Yeah. yeah. I thought she was too, but she's not. So it really is a question of like, is she actually involved in this? Maybe she doesn't know it because close to the end when uh, Sabrina is peppering him with questions and you're like steadily getting closer to him, running out of patience and just shooting her. She says at one point, did he pay for all those steak dinners so that you could cross paths with the senator? And I'm like, oh, okay. So maybe the senator really doesn't know what's up. I mean, this, they need the senator to grease the wheels right. on g- using this cow hormone. As right. Thing. So I, I guess it's just sort of a question of like, how, what's the senator's involvement? How much does she know? I mean, like, yeah, I don't really care. It doesn't matter fair. in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Also, but what really gets me is that where he is positioned in this movie, these he two, who, Ace, uh, Ernesto Nolte? Vargas, oh, okay, Saul Vargas, okay, they never once question like, could he be involved? Right, like he's like, he literally having meetings with chess chemical people right. on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and no one ever stops to think who like they are pressuring, they're lobbying to basically like get this, you know, 
cow milk approval. Oh, and yeah. Vargas is a big deal because he was a classmate of the chess chemical guy? The other chess The other chess yeah. chemical guy. And they were both kicked out of Yale because they, they, they burned down yeah. building and, or something. And yeah. it's just so, because then they also burned down another chess chemical. You know, like, oh, the guy's, guy's house. house. Yeah. They burned down a building. And then later on, another building got burned down. Right. Connection. But yeah. it, I will say that aside, I did, that one in particular, I was kind of like, right. yeah. But that aside, I did find each step of the mystery to be like really solidly done. No, it's like a fine, it's a decent enough, like, it, yeah. it doesn't matter in this type of movie, like that sort of secondary to, um, and I guess we should open up the discussion here because I kind of want to talk about like where this movie is, what it's trying to be and where it's drawing its its uh, inspirations from because I feel like it's uh, it's simultaneously doing like a screwball comedy His Girl Friday type thing yeah but it's also doing kind of like a Hitchcock uh, mm. an early like, Hitchcock like a suspense thing. yeah like a third nine man and thing. woman together yeah. against the world a two hander yeah. yeah a real Hitchcock two hander yeah or Young and Innocent which is my <laughs> one I reference you can watch a free on YouTube which one's it's not good again? it's an early early British oh it's a British one okay so I haven't seen it probably. yeah it's you you can watch it on YouTube. I can watch it on YouTube. I'm, I'm sure it's probably available. It might not be available at, at, at great resolution elsewhere because uh-huh. it's super old, but uh, it's fine. It's oh, I, okay. it's cute. I like it. I like the British ones because they're so blasé about they are their very, lives they being in British. danger. What yeah. Like, well, I'll just react. chip up and uh, <laughs> as long we'll as time stop for tea later. It's <laughs> really quite all right. <laughs> but that's kind of like the tone of this of this that this movie sort of takes. But it's like I mean, it's just bad at it a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think for me, it's a sort of weird inconsistency with like I realize that as you said, yes, there are a little a lot of Hitchcock suspense movies yeah. that have that sort of blasé attitude toward the perilous situation <laughs> that they've been put in. But this movie has a lot of sheer goofiness to it, which I think is what doesn't work. You do have this very bizarrely serious. Mystery about a company that has falsified reports of what this chemical yeah, it's, actually it's does. A pro, it's a pre-Aaron Brockovich scenario. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it hasn't happened yeah. yet, but it will it result will. in like right, right. a generation of lives being ruined. Right, right. Kids will get cancer from drinking this, yeah. essentially. And then you also have Eugene Levy is a funny... Uh, and he has a side Minister or whatever. Yeah, and, he's got yeah. a funny... And there, there's like the hilarious bit in the beginning where Nick Nolte sends a dog to Julia Roberts and he has the guy take the dog out of the box, put a newspaper that she wrote on the floor, and then has the dog pee on the newspaper. Yeah. And that dog is actually hers. It's not like... That dog becomes her dog throughout yeah. the rest of the movie. And she calls him Little Dick, named after him, wink, wink. Yeah, honestly, there's a part of me that thinks that that could be sort of like a Nick and Nora Charles style thing with Asta, where it just becomes like their dog who goes yeah. around with them for the rest of the movie, which... Frankly, I'd be in for it. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. But anyway, and also, maybe not a bulldog, not to sound prejudiced against bulldogs, but I don't like the way they look. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. faces. Uh, I guess this is what we're going for now. <laughs> well, you've gotten us canceled. Yeah, uh, canceled. Canceled. Yeah. Canceled for not liking bulldogs. Uh, Anyways, so that's what I'm saying. For, like the like the I, I realize we go back to tone a lot for a lot of these movies, but for me, this truly is a conflict of tone. But, and we also have like the scene with uh, the Boy Scouts, right? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. Julia well, Roberts okay. is for some reason oh, naked. It's full of a lot of casual 90s misogyny. Of course. Yep. And then I feel like the rest of the, the tone issues for me is it's just a lot of, like, it is still this, like, rooted in the 90s, like, goof shit. So, uh-huh. Like, the, the that wedding scene is rooted in yeah. the 90s. It is well. very goofy, I think. Yeah. Like, there's just no other way to describe Comedy it. Comedy back then. Yeah, and that, that wacky gimmick of, like, dog being sent as, like, a prank. Uh-huh. Right. And then the... Uh, he envisions all the Julia Roberts' heads yes. yeah, on the With keyboards of his head. computer, which is just like, like you, what a so waste strange. of the special effects money right there. I know. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, that that's kind of what confuses me, I think, about this movie the most.
most is that when I first read about this one, when you said this was something you wanted to do, I just looked it up on Wikipedia. I had never seen it prior to our first time watching it. Yeah. And the gist that I had got from Wikipedia, Wikipedia seemed to pitch it as sort of a comedy with elements of a thriller. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I was thinking going into it. I was thinking, like, maybe this is going to be sort of a proto-90s screwball comedies type movie. Right. Which I think is what it kind of does want to be. Because it does, like you said, it does have elements of His Girl Friday. I think it does have a little bit of elements of, like, bringing up Baby, frankly, too. Like, the fact, like, you know, just, like, this this couple, again, this couple, like, going on this sort of, like, adventure, I mean, throughout the countryside. Blah, blah, blah. All that crap, right? But then, contrary-wise, you have this very sort of serious and... uh, I, I don't know. It's hard to make it palatable and fun. I think this mystery that they're working against. Yeah. Well, you. We have often. We have weirdly like inverted feelings yeah. about this too because I. My problem with the mystery is that. Yes, I guess when you put it that way, it is very serious. That like, yeah, it's gonna. If this happens, like a lot of people will get cancer. But I also feel like it's a very like for in terms of like film and like what's what's people want to see. It's kind of like a very unsexy problem of like. Yeah. Uh, this corporation's like. Up to the nefarious. Yeah, all nefarious. Whereas, you know, a corrupt politician is more like, ooh, that's something Sexy. that like right, like or just, just like it, it's also a little bit more simplistic, yeah. right? Like I think it's a little bit easier to sort of grok in a movie like almost this. to the point yeah. that I could. Be- I mean, this probably absolutely does happen, but I, I almost just felt in specific. I was like, wow, there really aren't many details of this that wouldn't hold up if it happened in real life, because mm-hmm. just the idea of a company and then to make a movie about a company. Uh, fucking around with hormones and milk, it just seems like such a not cinematic choice that I'm always yeah, like, like cow hormones. Yeah. yeah, they have to talk about cow hormones, and you're like, you know, what is supposed to be kind of like a, uh, you know, opposite to tracked rom com is just weird. To me. Yeah, it is. I also feel like the movie never really marries the two tones as much as they just sort of kind of shift their weight from one foot to the other. So like. They'll shift into the thriller and we get a pretty good, yeah. like... Like, I actually thought the action scenes were pretty good. Like, when they're being chased around the roof, that was pretty good. I thought yeah, the, the final showdown was pr- was pretty decent. But then we shift out of that back into, quote-unquote, snappy dialogue between two people and two characters that just don't like each other. But also, like, the problem here is that they, it is His Girl Friday and they don't care about the cow hormones. They care about the story. Right. Right. They don't have a lot of, like, you don't see them having a lot of empathy for, like, the people that look at cancer. Mm, or right. They're like, oh my god, this is horrible. They're yeah, it's literally like, just like, we oh gotta Oh my break god, this. this is so great. We yeah. gotta get this out yeah. there. But, like, that is a choice you could have done actively, like His Real Friday did, where, you know, this, like, you know, the, the fucking guy's hiding in the, the, the secretary yeah, desk yeah, or whatever, yeah. and they're like, oh my god, this is great news. Like, we're gonna get a great story out of it. And it's Definitely a, a pointed joke about how these reporters have no empathy. Right. But that's yeah. not what this movie's doing. No, I think this movie wants you to care about them yeah, too much. But which they is don't, really kind of... But they they're unlikable care characters. I mean, again, they don't really like each other that much, so why should we care if they like each other? Yeah. I mean, part of the problem really is that these two characters don't bond, like, no. at all. It's Because when they do bond, it's it's they're... Usually lying to yeah, each other right, to yeah. get information. Right, or they're just working on the case a little bit with yeah. each other. But, like, I, I don't know, like, 
what these characters' likes and dislikes are. I don't know why they yeah. have any well, sort of chemistry. It's like a rom-com con that never ends. Yeah, exactly. There are all these scenes where, they, like, that scene where they have, like, a sort of weird heart-to-heart in the heart room, <laughs> the heart hotel room. <laughs> but it's like, none of, I, what if that is true? Is any of it true? Because they're right. really just trying to fish information out of Yeah, and you know, like, the weird thing about that, too, is we had talked about this the first time we saw it, but when they're having the heart-to-heart and heart, there, there's, like, the scene where Julia Roberts sort of asks him, what is it you don't like me? Am I too tall? Am I too smart? Am I asking blah, blah, blah. And it feels like as she does this, she does this earlier in the movie where it feels like she's like putting on an act to try and get something out of him. Because earlier in the movie, she's like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Maybe I should just, yeah. we should both just stop chasing the story. And of course you found out, ha, 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 no, they're both in on again. Right. But so it's, when you're watching her do it there, it really feels like she's either trying to get something out of him or you're going to find out later on that this was all a routine that she was doing for some reason. But you don't find that out. Ergo, you have to assume that she is having like some sort of legitimate connection with this guy for some I reason. I still thought that was her. I assumed that she I assumed it was too, him. but you don't see her, you don't see like why she was doing it. Well, you the know? next day, I mean, the, the thing is that scene plays out and you really, I don't really buy that either of them being genuine in that scene, but then nothing happens as a result of that scene. Mm-hmm. What happens is that it cuts to like the next morning when somebody drops their wallet and like something, some information that they've been hiding. Right. I mean, I, I, guess, Again. I guess what it's supposed <sighs> I, I, I don't know. I guess maybe at that point it's supposed to be sort of like, oh, they just had this connection with each other. Are they then going to, like, turn back to their old deceitful ways? Or are they going to keep hacking it out together as a couple? And I, I guess that's maybe where the tension is supposed to come from. It doesn't, because I've done this so many fucking times throughout the movie that, like, you're just like, yeah, they probably are going to keep being shitbags to each other. Well, yeah. yeah, and I think the cumulative effect of that is... If you have reason to doubt that your two leads, who you're supposed to believe, are, I guess, over the period of the movie, falling in love with one another, but the cumulative effect of of how we see them act and treat each other just has me thinking at all times there's a very real chance neither of them mean it. So it's kind of jarring to see them seemingly... You can't believe... Without irony, saying darling, sweetheart, like, making out by the window and whatnot, I'm just like, really? Because it did not feel like you guys put a relationship together as much as you just yeah, lied and no. used it's each other. It's super gross that they get married. Yes! <laughs> it's like, they stay married, yeah. I guess, is the thing, too. Why does that happen? Yeah. Lee, I remember that we had talked about this kind of earlier. I think it must have been during Attack of the Clones, where mm-hmm. you had said something about how, like, you're not always a good judge of whether two characters or actors have chemistry. Yes. How did you feel about these two? I don't know. I guess about the chemistry between actors here mm-hmm. because the writing is bad. Yeah, so like it doesn't like, I I know that sometimes people say that chemistry saves bad mm-hmm. writing or mm-hmm. whatever or bad storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that clearly doesn't happen. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I, I also don't think I would know what that looked like. Like if, say, the story was the same, but there were two actors that had, had really chemistry, great chemistry, yeah. I don't know that I would notice a difference. Okay. Because the for me, I just know that it's bad because the writing is bad. Uh-huh. Like I don't understand them as a couple because, again, I don't... They never have like a, a, a come-to-Jesus moment yeah, with right. each other. There's, yeah. It's always like... Well, there's never... They never have a moment that you know for a fact is sincere. Yeah, no one ever yeah. comes clean fully. And so I don't... No reason to believe that they will ever be sincere with each other. Wasn't it also? I think Brendan, you you surfaced this one for us that Nick Nolte and Julia Roberts hated each oh, other yeah, in real life. Yeah, they uh, yeah, they, like th- there's not a whole lot of information I could find about this movie. The one thing that you can consistently find is both of them talking about how much they fucking hated doing this movie with each other. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them got along with the other person. I feel like you can tell because when they have to have so many conversations with each other. I guess in a weird way, it sort of does help sell the we don't like each other, we're rivals thing. I, but it just, 
that you never really feel them connecting. I never really felt like their lines were hitting a good rhythm. I never felt like they were ever on the same like tone angle or page really. I guess if I was being charitable, what I would say from watching this movie is I don't know if I would necessarily watch this and think that the two of them hate each other off camera. I think I would watch this and think, boy, this is a shitty script. No wonder they look like they like They're have nothing in common with each other. Yeah, so I guess it's a credit to Julie Roberts and Nick Nolte that I don't look at this movie and be like, wow, these two fucking hate each sure. other. Like, yeah, I just I look like, at it and think like, wow, you guys are underserved by this material. I guess like it, from a chemistry perspective, because I don't really, I don't, I, guess, I don't fully understand what people are Refer to by chemistry really it's a on an instinctual quad. level. It is, yeah, it's a genesis quad. I don't know what. My yeah. thing is, if you could really, um, like, if you could really, what is the, a is there a good, is the, is the chemistry exceptionally bad or, or good or, or blah in this from your perspective? I, I know the chemistry is terrible in this okay. movie. But again, I could not tell you from watching that this the chemistry is bad because the two hate each other versus the chemistry is bad because the script sucks. You know, it could also be a little comedy. Yeah, little both. Comedy. Did someone? I don't want to get off on a crazy little yeah, tangent. Yeah. But can it. someone quantifiably explain what chemistry is? Like chemistry is basically a measurement of how genuine or how much you buy that relationship between two people. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what are good. What is examples? an observable example? Yeah, what are that? good examples? I would say when Harry met Sally. They have is amazing it, chemistry. Yeah. Is it about like choices that actors make beyond the screenwriting? Uh, I think it's yes. definitely part of that, yeah. Okay, so like I think Vincenzo is a good example I can give yes. here because like there's a lot of like micro expressions and yes. stuff that you can see that. And typically, yeah. to produce believable good chemistry, yeah, a lot of times for a project, leads will be like sent to hang out with each other and genuinely get to know yeah. each other. I mean, so. I, I think it also does definitely help if they actually like each other offset. You know, mm-hmm. like I mean, that's something. Admittedly, though, you can't control, you know, yeah, like yeah. these two people just might never click and that's how it is. Another way to put it would be like... I mean, you don't want them to actually be attracted to each other. Like, that's not great. Well, that sells tabloids, honey. Well, again, but that's not, like, that's not... Mr. Good... and Mrs. Smith. I mean, most of the time those are again, just like, arranged Again, like, Martin Freeman just talked about this on Off Menu. Like, you can't actually, like... That's not product. That's not like a way to live your life. To, oh, of like, course not. To, like, no, I mean that that's that's a fucking mess. Fall in love with everyone that you have to do a movie with. So no. Right. No. I mean, I, and again, part of that is probably just that you are a good enough actor that you yeah. can make people think that you are desperately in love with this yeah. other person. All right. Well, okay. That that helps to explain it, I guess. It's um, like yeah. do, do they do they seem to know and like each other? Yeah. So yeah. I guess like if you if if you asked me, then I guess I could maybe say that I recognize it, but I don't like the, the pornography test. What? I shall not attempt to define pornography, oh, but I know it when I, I see it. Yeah, I guess I can know that a Supreme it. Court justice who said that? Yeah. Yeah. What did he say it about? What was he talking Specifically, what was he talking Honestly, about? Honestly, I think it was when there was a thing about whether or not the National Endowment for the Arts should be used on any piece of artwork or media that, oh, that could be considered pornography. Any nudity in it or something? Well, that was the question. Uh, They're like, is all nudity pornography? And that's what led to this justice being like... An SAT question, is all nudity pornography? I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. Yeah. That's a, you know... <laughs> it's a real big dodge. Yeah. I kind of get it though. Yeah. Statue of David. It's not pornography. <laughs> not pornography. Although it's a statue with a penis. Maybe. It was. It was once upon a time interpreted as such, and as Dan Brown will tell you in one of his books, uh, actually, um, Dan Brown it, likes to say that like, they went any, around with chisels. Any and, like, triangle is a dick. So. Yeah. 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 Let's not like listen to Dan Brown and take oh. that as gospel. Uh, the Supreme Court actually comes from. It was uh, an obscenity trial having to do with a movie. Oh. Yeah. Well, okay. Look, Anyways. Tangent closed on, on yeah, chemistry. chemistry. I have a vague understanding of, of, what, you, of what that means. I, right. And I think the other issue is to, I think what the movie wanted it to be was their connection is in kind of scumbag realizing scumbag of like, 
or rather, I guess, like, shark reporter recognizing shark reporter. See, but you don't... I don't see them connecting a lot on that. No, and I no. But I, 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 don't know if the movie does want that, though. Because I, I think the movie wants it to start out that way, but then I think the movie wants it to turn into something more, like, mature and loving. And that's what I have a but problem with. Really, then they miss that entirely. Well, again, I, I, but that's what I'm saying. Like, because when you compare it again to His Girl Friday, where the whole relationship on His Girl Friday is, as Lee said, it goes on, like, two, yeah, like, two shitbags, yeah. basically realizing, like, we're both awful fucking people we're both reporters who love the game of reporting and like we're perfect for each other in this way you don't have the whole scene of the two of them in a heart-shaped bed being like <laughs> but like in Roz being like but why do you love me Cary Grant you know you just have like the two of them building chemistry off of each other because of like this thing that they're both so fucking passionate about they're yeah. like it's it's like sex to them basically like the two of them doing this job basically becomes sex in the movie yeah Whereas but also one, like you don't feel good about them getting together you're like, no. they're probably gonna divorce again in five years because they are Oh yeah, no, like it's a very volatile couple. Yes. Let's be clear. But you know, it was the '40s, so you you know, once you got back together again, it's like now this time yeah. the one that sticks. That's why there's a reason why they call it the comedy of remarriage. Exactly. When we, but in the case of I Love Trouble, I feel like the other reason why I don't want to see them together is because he's more than twice her age. I mean, yeah, there's look, there's it's definitely nuts. that. Especially because okay. it's baby, baby Julia Roberts. She's 25. There's not a I... single wrinkle on that face, and she's acting opposite a craggy. I want to get back to some of the like story romance elements but we should maybe take a break and talk about some casting issues because yeah that there, the age gap is a huge casting issue but also Nick Nolte is just not the person for this role at all period yeah agree because like even if you got an older person to play uh, the reporter and it was like I don't know 20 years instead of 27 or whatever or 15 he's an old looking 52 yes yeah. and He's portrayed as a sex god. Yeah. Oh, and like that's that, the, all of these. Every single woman likes him. He's yeah. not a bad looking guy, but the way he's received in that world is as if he is number one yeah. hunk. Yeah. And that's just not Nick Nolte. That's not true. And he, again, yeah. I'm going to. I've said it off mic before the recording. You needed Clooney for this type of role. You did, yeah. You need like a real hot silver fox to yeah. carry this through. Yeah. And Agreed. if you don't have that, then I don't buy that all of these, like, younger women are like, ooh. Or do you mean, like, in the bar scene? Yes. Where that blonde... Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Just immediately, she he says... He walks in, and she's, like, stone cold, super haughty, well, or whatever. Which is also from, like, small town USA, yeah. where it's like, I know, I've banged I all just, the guys in this town five times already. I right, just was yeah. obsessed with her as basically, like... I don't even think there's a shot of her looking over her shoulder to even see him. She just, in the middle of the conversation, goes, Do you see who just walked I in here? Fresh testosterone. Fresh testosterone. And then she says at one point, like, Are you trying to tell me you don't think he's out of this world hot? That's nuts. Yeah. And I'm like, nuts. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm, I'm trying, trying to tell you. you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is like a bizarre world where Nick Nolte walks into a bar and every woman is just like, <gasps> Also, yeah. like, Nick Nolte's in a gab ad in this world. Yeah. Wearing some glasses and clutching a cigar and I'm like that's the target population at all also there is no gap ad with some old like sunglasses fucker with a a cigar that's like they're not when we were kids the big gap ad with all those fucking hipster assholes right (laughs) swing dancing jazz yeah Yeah, fucking jazz versus shark (laughs) crazy cool Oh man, uh, would that have would, would we have taken that instead of I mean, what was probably Father of the Bride? That I was going to say, like, maybe we should just have Nick Nolte doing one of those commercials that they make kids. I mean, I guess acting wise, they both do. Yeah, I mean, good work. I think that is a, as a role, it's done fine, and I think Nick Nolte does the sort of smarmy acting quite well. And 
I think Julia Roberts does fine as the sort of like uh, cub reporter. As yeah, they cub say. reporter, but she's sort of, but you know, with teeth, with yeah. fangs. And... <laughs> this cubby's got claws. <laughs> she's like automatically operating on his level. It yeah. kind of seems like. Yeah. But I, th- I again, I almost think that she's t- she was young. Very young. I think she's yeah. too young. Oh no, absolutely. I truly wonder, like, whose idea was it? Guys, we're gonna get these two together. We're get like the youngest like, one we could find, right. and the oldest, and the craggiest middle aged man we could find. Instant sexual chemistry. Nancy or Charles, which one of them like saw the two of them and was like, "This is gonna be know. it." I like, hope this is the pairing. I hope when they wrote the script, she was like, "I'll take her dialogue and you take his dialogue." <laughs> <laughs> like oh, that's fucking cute. like those writers that Eli. And Naomi, yeah. I'll write the straight woman chapter. You write the gay guy. <laughs> <character. laughs> um, yeah, I just I don't even really know what else there is to say about their about those two. They're they're good in the movie, but they're miscast for the characters they have. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's again. We're saying that this is probably. Um, Again, I already forgot his name, but Ernesto Vargas's actor is probably having the time of his life getting yeah. to play a South American, for one thing, but mm-hmm. also just like... A villain. Sort of, yeah, like 11th hour villain. Yeah, a secret, yeah, secret yeah. guy. You know, arsonist. Again, it's like, it's kind of hard to describe that character. I, I'm not sure how he knows Nick Nolte, but he does. Makes no sense, by the way. Yeah, they don't, I don't know if they explicitly say, he just like sees him in the beginning at a party and it just, they, they know each other. I, I guess <laughs> Clearly just makes... never been to South America. It was super like, weird when he said like, I'm working for the other side or something. And I'm like, so were you a journalist? No, well, what he says is he says, because then he, they say something like, she's a woman and a Democrat. Oh, mm-hmm. right. So he must have been some kind of Republican. He's a guy and a Republican. You know how. Yeah, I guess he might have been some sort of like lobbyist or so. Whatever, right? Or just that, like he's he's a guy and he's a conservative guy. Now he's working for this liberal Congress lady. She wears a skirt and that nutty. (laughs) And she she pops Tic Tacs. She the fucking she pays her assassin in Tic Tacs. By the way, it's not true, but there is a connection made whenever Tic Tacs fall out of an assassin's pocket. And then later you see the senator eating Tic Tacs. Like, ah, connection. Did she give him her Tic Tacs? It's just so bizarre. Was it like an Ellen scenario where he walked into her office and she was like, no, your breath stinks. Pop some fucking Tic Tacs and get back in here. She has monogrammed Tic Tacs that she hands out to visitors. She should have never given away her monogrammed Tic Tacs. What you don't know is she's been paying the world's best assassins in Tic Tacs for longer than any of us have, have <laughs> ever known. Yeah. It's a lot of Tic Tacs. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of food dye? You gotta imagine that's some Tic Tac Tacs coming in too. Oh! oh my God. Who else is there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just the, all of your favorite character actors. Right. Again, everyone Clark Craig gets nothing to do. At all. I don't think he gets lines. Yeah, I don't think he has any lines. Who? Clark, Clark Craig. Craig. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Clark Craig dies just, just almost like, recently. Just James like, Reborn also has He no was born to die. Nice to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, Olympia Dukakis shows up for two scenes, collects her paycheck, and Handful her lines. Yeah. yeah. Eugene Levy wasted, pretty much. Nora Dunn although, is there briefly. It was, it was a fine entertaining. Yeah, it was a fine scene, but he is wasted. It is, and again, it's one of those moments where it's just, like, too goofy for this fucking movie yeah. to deal with. I don't think there's anyone else to mention. No, not really. Well, we've talked about... We kind of talked about the plot. We've yeah. talked about the chemistry and, and terrible casting choices. I guess the only thing I want to put out there is a lot of times the humor is just sort of corny, stale. It's and not funny. Could have no, used another funny. pass. That's I think. the other, I think, problem, too. I imagine if this was funnier, this would be a lot easier for me to swallow. The humor yeah. was just not there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not all comedy holds up. 
But, you know, the fact that we can watch a lot of 90s comedies and still laugh at them is is proof that, you know... And it's not like we all sat here just being like, every Joker was, was misogynistic, but it was just like, even the ones that weren't, they were just... Yeah, I don't think this even, was funny in the 90s. Yeah, I was gonna say, right. I don't think this is even, like, dated. It was just never good yeah. in the first place. No, uh, it just feels like lame. Yeah, there, there's there's just not... There's really nothing to recommend. From I mean, you had said in the beginning, Chris, that you found the mystery easy to follow. And yes. Like, I don't quite disagree. I do think it's easy to understand what's happening. I do think it's difficult for me after the fact to explain to you how you get from point A to point B to point C. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. I could tell you what was going oh. on here, but I couldn't be like, and then they found this, which led them to this, which led them to this. Which I, led them I to have something I'd like to talk about, and it'll come into play when we talk about fixes. Yeah. But the, I think a lot of this stuff would have worked. We've touched on the weird, like, the fact that they never have a sincere moment with each other, and then it's just, like, they... You needed that moment, but the, clearly they just had too much fun. Whoever was writing this, just having these like constant backstabs and betrayals yeah. throughout the movie, and, and everyone's always lying to each other. But that and the, the beginning of this movie and the timeline of it, I think it would have been better if these two characters had had more history. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, because basically they meet on the same case that is this the case that is the movie, which is the Kelhorn thing. And I guess it's only been, like, a matter of weeks that we get this, like, montage. So they meet when the very f- this case blows open with the train crashing. And then there's this, like, montage that indicates that a rivalry builds between them. Yeah. And it could not have been more than, like, two or three weeks. Because, right. like, I mean, honest to God, like, if you want to go nuts, this could be a week. Because be, you yeah. see, like, six or seven newspapers. I don't know how much time has passed in between. Yeah, and it's nuts that she rises in the popularity ranks that fast. Right, and she instantly is getting her own advertisements on the back of cars being, yeah. like, read Julia Roberts' column. Wow, that's yeah. a good point. Especially if that really was just a week. It yeah, can't have been mean, that long because it's like, how long is that story interesting for? Newspapers right. are moving on to the next tragedy. Yeah, exactly. Because we would not stop talking about trains. Yeah. Oh my god. No, yeah, no, it is, it is, it, it has, yeah, you're right, it has to be a short amount of time because they yeah. would have been dropped onto some other story. It's point. nuts that, yeah, that they managed to keep it interesting for that long. That's a long. really good point. It doesn't make a lot of sense and also it really, you can't really buy into these two characters as having like that much history because yeah. they've known each other for like a few And weeks. again, then they get married, you know? Like, and yeah. I realize they get married by accident where it's yeah. like they're just in there to hide and Eugene Levy marries them because he's a minister, haha, isn't hilarious. They're married and they stay married despite the fact that again, they, they have They talk no about history. getting an annulment. They, they do. They know nothing about each other at the end of the day. It's not like you ever have like, you feel like at the very least there has to be like one of those scenes where Nicole's like, all right, tell me about your family, like tell me about your childhood, blah, 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 blah. And it's literally just like, no, we have to keep this case. We have to keep worrying about this case. Yeah. That's it. So, I, again, I think what I had said at one point when watching this is, like, maybe, like, if you had more time, if it wasn't a movie, if it was, like, a miniseries, or even if this was, like, if it wasn't about, just about kill hormones, and this was, like, a, this would have been, like, a good 90s TV show, I think, of, like, these two-star reporters, they're, right. they're rivals, and, like, they, each week is a different news story they have to break, and, and they, you know, they have to work together right, at the right, end right. of the day, and... You know, there's a, a will they won't they romance like that's yeah. kind of like the format that would work more for this type of story. I think. I feel like another thing uh, worth pointing out in the movie, this movie is the weird ass pacing. There are mm. a few moments where oh, it God, feels yes. like it feels like there's maybe. 20 minutes of footage cut out of this movie which was not yeah. to be fair not essential in terms of like plot it literally feels like that there was like a five minute scene explaining why or how they got from here to here but it's cut so like you have the scene like we mentioned before where they get into the car accident they're lost in the woods those horny boy scouts discover them Julie Roberts is naked and they're just like all the kids start taking pictures of her ha 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 smash cut to they're in Las Vegas yeah. now before this they in were different in, outfits right they were in Wisconsin 
How did they get to Las Vegas? Did they walk to Las Vegas? Did they drive to Las Vegas? What happened? Did they like it literally cuts for them and Nick Nolte and Julia Roberts be like, oh, what goofy costumes we have on now. And then literally James Redhorn shows up and like, oh, yeah, we've been spotted again. Like, that's wait, what? Disorienting. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I think so. <laughs> basically, they were on the run from the assassin pre prior, right? Yes. And they, he, they had to like drive the car into a ditch to like get him away. And I guess that fucked the car up. The car broke right. down in the middle of like. God was wearing America. Middle of Wisconsin or something. And yeah. I so have to imagine they that, like, to Vegas. The, what I have to imagine is when the Boy Scouts found them, that was like, thank God we've seen another human being. Now we can get back to civilization. Exactly. And then from there, unseen, they took a plane to Las Vegas. Why? IDK. Yeah. Why are they in Las Vegas? Well, the, uh, no, so they are in Las Vegas because that one guy who had the stroke lives in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. So, that, so that is, I, like, I don't argue with why they're in Las Vegas. Yeah. I argue with like how quickly you get whiplash from oh, them being whiplash. in the woods to them yeah. being in Las Vegas. There, there needs to be more time in a lot. Either that, like, I don't need to see the details. No, I mean, even if it literally just said, like, even if you just said to the Skylash, like, hey, is there a phone, like, somewhere down the yeah, road we can use exactly. or something? Can like, we call a cab? That's it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And they, it literally just, like, you ends. need, like, a minute. Give them a conversation in Las Vegas before they get anything. Yeah, or just a shot of a plane landing, them walking, yeah. them trying on the outfits, you know? Yeah. Them trying on their horrible cowboy outfits. Yeah, and maybe trying on the outfits and being like, we have to try these outfits on so that we don't get found by Right, right. Like yeah, ex- exactly. And then, like, not having the assassin yeah. immediately show and be like, found you. Yeah, no, it feels like this movie cuts a lot of the time when it doesn't want to deal with the rest of us. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it seems to be cutting the ends off of scenes, even yeah. if they're just really small and incidental. The one that I keep coming back to, just because it's the most bizarre place to cut, uh, Roger Loja, I think that's his name, I can't remember anymore, yeah. is uh, yelling at Nick Nolte about, you know, faking his column. Mm-hmm. And they cut on Nolte's <laughs> reaction shot... To Loja being basically like, uh, he he like he he's basically admitted now or whatever. Yeah, that's the, the Johnny got a and gun. Right, it's right. just it is just Nolte's look, and we get maybe half a beat on that until we cut to a car driving across a bridge to the train derailment. Right. What? It's such a because yeah. go- it ends on like such a goofy moment of Nick Nolte to be like, uh oh, I've been oh, found oh, out, yeah. and then like hundreds dead. He might as well have looked into the camera and then had a like yeah, a circle zoom like swipe. A, you know a, what I mean? Improvement, yeah. like a oh. Yeah. oh. Truly! There was another moment where that happened too, but I can't remember it. But it was disorienting every time where I was like, why? Yeah, Yeah. I kind of want to know if those scenes were never written or if it was literally just they were editing the movie together and like, no, no, the pacing's all off. We gotta start trimming. Oh, it must be shaved. Or do you think exactly. do you think Nancy was like, listen, they're not gonna know it's me unless this timeline makes no sense. Yeah. Find yeah, find me five minutes of time and cut it, and they're just like, <laughs> oh, and they're like, wait, yeah, they're like, they're right. like, wait, five minutes from a scene, she's like, no, from across the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there anything you guys liked about this? I'm just curious. I liked the mystery. I think I just again, I, I do this a lot, I think, but I just mm-hmm. this is like on paper something that I should like. Uh-huh. So it just has the grizzled old right. tired veteran has to like do it. He gets, you know, sparked up with this like young reporter and they have to do this case and it's, they're capering around and solving mysteries and it sounds like something I should, it sounds like all the old Hitchcock movies I used mm-hmm, to like. Mm-hmm. I do like them. I don't used to like them. So yeah, I think that's why. Mm-hmm. So again, this is a, a weird blind pick that I did, yeah. right? Where yeah, it's like yeah. we, we, none of us saw this really. Yeah, I right. recommended it because I'd seen it like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I saw it for the first time since I was a child, probably a week, about a week ago. And so it's a bit different from like some of the other movies that we pick where I can speak more strongly on them. Mm-hmm. Having watched this again for the first time in like 15 years... There's not a lot interesting, but I think at the time I probably remembered it again because it was like 
you know, I, th- this, this was something that called out to me. This was something I looked up on the internet and I was like, this is exactly the kind of story I like. Yeah. I mean, there I are... I wish it worked. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, I think the, the, the story premise, the mystery, I like those a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that it was kind of doing this screwball thing. I like that they're both journalists and they're both these kind of just, like, shark people about yeah. it. Oh, uh, that's one thing I can say honestly like. I do like, and I think it is mildly refreshing in this movie, otherwise filled with casual misogyny, that Julia Roberts never softens. Ever. That she's pretty... She kind of remains the same. It's kind of like Hiscal Friday, where she kind of remains the same dirtbag that she started out being. And yeah. I have to respect that. Honestly, I think change is overrated sometimes in movies, yeah. you know? Yeah. Not all characters need to undergo a transformation. Just a yeah, just be dirtbag, you yeah, know? Sometimes the story is about, like, solving the story, you dirtbag know? Dirtbag gets shit done sometimes. Yeah, and in detective stories, it's not always like, but how will the detective change from the beginning to the end? Yeah. I don't know, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he solves a mystery. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. For me, it's like a minor thing to sort of grab onto here, but there's a lot of interesting scene transitions that I kind of like, mm-hmm. which makes it feel like something that's supposed to be emulating from like the 1940s or so. Like there's, I remember like one where an iris is out on the wheel of Julia Roberts' car. Like yeah. it, and there's like mm-hmm. a couple of scenes of spinning newspapers, like you get in old time movies, yeah, where it's like fly screen. It's like you know, like journalist busts milk rig or whatever right. the fuck it is. I like things like that. Those are the things that make me think that this movie sort of wants to be more of a screwball 1940s journal. Comedy. Those were also moments failing horribly. Those were also moments that showed like style. Yeah. And like a choice being made. And it wasn't just sort of humming along, you know? Yeah, this is not a very stylish movie to be. (laughs) No, it's really not. There's not a look to this movie. You would not use this as, you know, proof of auteur cinema in any shape or form. Outside of the fact that everyone's clothes are appropriately extremely 90s, I don't know that there is an aesthetic or a style to this movie. No, there's. It's indistinctive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's extremely anonymous. Yeah. yeah. Fix says? Yeah. Well, does anyone go first? I can go first. Sure. I don't mind. I, I don't have a lot of details, but I think I've worked out a, a form of this that I would like it to go. I want to make it very clear in, in my version of this that Saul Rubinek's character is, we're just going to say he's like a, he's a campaign manager who has just been hired by this like state senator out in Wisconsin. He's a friend of Nick Nolte's and he's, it's like considered kind of a big deal that he's, God, I cannot believe you're leaving like Chicago to go out to this like podunk state and mm-hmm. go work in milk or whatever the fuck ever. And I think the change around can happen as is. I think with better, with different casting and maybe like, like a, a George Clooney, uh, I'm still blanking on who the lady would be. I thought about it. I still couldn't find one that I was feeling like. Are you looking in the 90s or are you looking about now? I was looking in the 90s. Oh. I mean, I got no beef with Julia Roberts, honestly. I just think you need a man who's a little bit more closer in age. Yeah. At least that she is. If not closer in age, it's one that she has better chemistry with. I mean, yeah. look, we all prefer them to be closer in age, right? Yes. Like, let's be honest. Like, this is not like... This is like a recurring thing with movies. That being said, Charade has one of the most egregious age gaps of any movie and ever. It's a delightful and movie. Yeah. yeah. So like, I, I, I do think that we should we should be taking Listen, a look at like women in movies and like if casting the age gap is fine if the guy can get it. Okay? Right. Yeah. And Shah Rukh Khan can get it right. at fifty. He mm. is a hot. He, he was with. In Job Harry Met Sejal, he's like, I think, 50, 50 plus, and she's like 20-something. And I'm like, you know what? He can still get it. Did you know he was on, this is a little random, but did you know he was on a season of In Treatment, that HBO series with Gabriel Byrne as a psychologist? <laughs> I didn't know that. It was like his one American TV project, and it was that. Huh. Uh, anywho. Anyway, sorry. I'm sorry um, to go off tangent. I went, uh, the train derailment will happen, but I think going to happen in the middle of what's already going to be kind of like a hot journalistic arms race between the these, like, two stalwarts of the city. I... 
the whole cub reporter versus veteran reporter thing was so not used that mm-hmm. much in the movie that I don't see the point of it. And I think it's more interesting if we can weave in a lot of allusions to like, uh, like you fucking bitch, you like scoop me on this big event. And, but like, I got you on that one or whatever. Like, I feel like you can give us a lot of that rivalry already at the start so that maybe somewhere around the middle, they could have their first sincere moment and like legitimately partner up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so I think it's... I like this idea that their reporting kind of eggs each other on to get there, but I would want the movie to maybe slow down a little and start pulling out some details and start tying them to events. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're even, like, running into each other more often at places. I felt the times they did run into each other were almost exclusively in bars and planes, and I'm like, we could make this a little more interesting. Um, I have not figured out wh- how I want them to get out to Wisconsin, but I guess it would just be, like, they find some lead that is taking them out there and that kind of puts them on the the intersection road with Rubinek again. Okay. Can you remind me? Because mm. I said something, I just forget what you said at the beginning because we went off on a bit of a bit tangent, but you were talking about the connection that uh, Nick Nolte would have had to his his friend would be different or something? Oh, yeah. I mean, his friend play. saw Rubinek. I'm just saying he's going to explicitly be, he's like a campaign manager uh-huh. who has just been hired by that state senator out in Wisconsin. And that could be a, like, huh, that's weird, but... Oh, you gave me an... I'm sorry, you gave me an idea, but I... Maybe Brackett doesn't necessarily think I much of it until later. I misinterpreted what you said <laughs> as something else that I'm now using in my oh, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. I think the ending could be the same. I don't want them to get married during the course of this, nor do I want them to... I feel like what I would be more comfortable with is maybe you could suggest it could go in that direction, but I think definitively having them together as a couple at the end of a movie that has been built on the two of them fucking each other over is a really weird mismatch. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you wanted to suggest that could happen for them eventually, that's a little more doable and believable. Um, but I feel like if if you're really going to put that bow at the end of that movie, that's an awkward fit, so I'm not going to do it. All right. You want to go? Yeah. Now that you've poached Chris's <laughs> idea. Yeah. Not really. Sort yeah, of. A, mu- a mutation off of that yeah, idea. Right. Go ahead. Buckle up, because All right. this it's is a, a classic, uh, va- like, Lee's going to go rogue because she didn't get what she wanted, and now she's going to write what she wanted. <laughs> yeah. Lee, it's not her fault. <laughs> right, We're not so to blame. Influenced, uh, this is going to be very clearly ever influenced by my watching habits lately and the kind of things that is I'm into. Is it going to be a K-drama? Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's, a, it's saw this coming. a K-drama style. 60 to 20 episode TV show that you do not dare make another season out of. This is it. And it's gonna be a lot longer, and we're not even gonna get to the milk hormone bullshit until maybe episode 5 or 6. Okay. So, the first five episodes set up this, uh, these two reporters, and I'm reverting, I'm inverting genders, I'm having an older woman who's maybe in her, like, 40, early 40s. Wait, so she's dead? How do you have a woman as a character? I don't want to imagine that. Like late 30s, early <laughs> 40s reporter uh, who is maybe a bit set in her ways of, you know, she's kind of like old school a bit and uh, she is starting to get, uh, she's losing interest a little bit in her job. She's a little jaded. Uh, it's, it's, it's very much like a modern day thing where it's like, I fucking can't, you know, she's probably been burned by a couple things she tried to do in the past where, like, you know, somebody bribed someone else not to put out my story and they're like, well, mm. fucking, I can't tell the truth anymore, so I guess I'll just, like, phone it in for the rest of my life because <laughs> nobody cares about the truth. Um, and so she's kind of given up on it. And there's this, like, on another newspaper, on a rival, uh, you know, company or whatever, some hot young, some young hotshot 
in his like you know late twenties. Um, now we're speaking my language. Who's like uh, very like sort of like what you would call extremely online, very like cutting edge, <laughs> like up to you know modern. Sure. You know, innovative, doing all these like you know. Kind of like what you don't see Julia Roberts really do, what you th- what you would expect. Like you know, she's got new tricks. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no one Her trick is to use the phone book. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Again, oh to call everyone in the you phone book. Her trick maybe. is good old fashioned persistence. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Feminine persistence. Yeah. So he's like this. Yeah, he's new hotshot reporter who's like you know out to make an impact, and early on, because she phones it on on a story, like he's able to pick up on something and. Uh, Probably, probably early on, it's like a story that doesn't really matter, or that like no one's on the payroll to protect, mm-hmm. and so like he's able to like get the scoop out there, and he kind of like gets a little eco boost off of it, and that ticks her off because then her boss chooses her out for getting like beaten by this like twenty something, and she starts you know they have this like rivalry for her first few episodes where she's just like pissed off at this guy kind of fucking up her life for no reason, and then I think that the next thing that the next big thing that happens is. She she does have to start working hard again because otherwise her boss who's fed up with her shit is gonna like get mad at her for like continuing to get scooped. Right out of the um, But this guy gets a first taste of like what modern journalism is like on one of the next cases he does where like he it, it is foiled because like someone paid off someone and now you can't tell the story. Um, and and she's like, Yeah, well guess what? That's it. This is your life for the rest of your like this is what it's like now. <laughs> Hope you enjoy it. And then episode five or six, you like one th- through the show, our female lead's best friend dies in a car, in a train crash because her best friend is the daughter of a scientist who is doing milk hormone. Sure, 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 sure. She's sure, a milkmaid. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> she's a milkmaid. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> We've referenced a lot of other movies tonight. Uh, Idiot, it's classic. Uh, so yeah, the 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 Clark Gregg's character, who's the witness that is carrying evidence. Uh, is going to be a very close old friend of our female lead, which is what drives her to uh, actually care. Before, she was only mildly caring because this young hotshot, who's also maybe a bit hot and sexy, um, <laughs> is, like, pushing her to do better for the first time, but now it's, like, personal, and she has, like, this cause and shit to, to go after. Um, and this is when the two of them start to, like, slowly work together, and then for a while, she's still fighting with them over the story, but... You know, he doesn't really understand why she's suddenly so gung-ho about it. And then probably in episode 10 is where she kind of finally admits, like, listen, this is my best friend, blah, 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 blah. And that's when they start working. And then for the rest of the show, it's like they put aside their, like, rival newspapers and their differences. And it's it's a big, like, you know, this this conspiracy. It maybe isn't cow hormones. I don't know what it is. But it's some sort of, like, thing that's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say K-drama, but this is, like, you know, I'm not going to go to Korea and make the show. This is, like, right. hopefully Netflix will pick it up, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's it's pretty easy. And it, it will be modern day because I think that you get a lot of mileage out of, like, what reporters are allowed to say and what they're allowed to say. And, and corruption is always very popular. It's somehow very popular to always tell... Stories about uh, corruption in a world that is rife with corruption, and nothing is ever done about corruption. Weird how we're on fascinated that, with that. On that note, yeah, <laughs> that's my fix. Well, nice. I will uh, try to keep this uh, like Kristen Chenoweth short and sweet. Huh. So, and very Christian. Yeah, super Christian. So here's like the conundrum that we're having here. On the one hand, the one thing that I really love about this movie is that it is the 
anti-milk screed that the 90s needed because <laughs> fuck milk man milk is just the worst i can't imagine anything less appealing than just drinking a big glass of milk mm. Ugh, who needs it on the other hand it is canonical that I do not care about this milk subplot. I think it's a little difficult to grok. I think it's a little too grim for what the other elements of the story suggest. So as much as I fucking hate milk, as much as I love having a movie talking about the ills of milk and why dairy is bad, I think it's got to go. So here's what I'm thinking. Thinking again, we're closing the age gap a little bit. What I'm thinking is that she, they're both working at the same newspaper. She has just started there. He has like one foot out the door, basically. He's been working there for a while, but now he has this new novel thing that's starting to kick off. And he's like, I think I'm just going to transition to that. I'm so fucking sick of doing this reporting thing. It's bullshit. Tired of newspapering. Yeah, tired of newspapering. I know that in this movie, Nick Nolte says he loves newspapering. In this version, <laughs> this I think he does not love newspapering. He is newspapered out. Yeah. Uh, I think also what it's going to be instead of the milk crisis is it's going to be something more like um, something business related. What I think it's going to do is it's going to be something involved with the company that's publishing his book somehow. Like there's some sort of like internal oh. like power struggle between this family or something like that. I, I really just want the tone to be something more akin to, as I said, the screwball comedies of the 1940s or His Girls Fridays, that kind of thing. The sorts of thing where like, you know, that there there is there, there are stakes happening here and this is a legitimate problem needs to be exposed the other hand it's sort of like it, it's a fun movie between these two awful awful people mm -hmm. and they realize that like again like the thing that they love the most is this shared interest of theirs the fact that they both love you know getting down and dirty with a scoop or something like that and I think it's going to end basically with her like deciding to stay on in this newspaper and he's going to become a full-time mystery writer and, like that's their connection from this point going on like mm -hmm. that's how like they work together as a couple where yeah. she's like ah she's got a great scoop he's like great I'm gonna make it into a book and crap like that you know like setting it up for sequel blah 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 you get to have the bulldog along at her leg yeah right you get to have the bulldog with them all the time again like asta and the thin man movies yeah. basically like, i just want this to be a throwback to like those sorts of but, like yeah. detective movies from the 40s where... i guess like as opposed to his girl friday would this have more like heart at the at the bottom of it i think like... it needs to have a little bit right because yeah. i think the thing his about... girl friday i think is pretty dark and right and i think also i mean i think part of that probably comes from the fact that his girl friday was a play about two men and then they were just like but what if one was woman yeah and so like they didn't really feel the needs to like make it a compelling romance per se yeah you but know? It, besides the romance I think that the reporters in that movie are depicted as pretty soulless oh yeah no they are 100% I do yeah. think you need a little bit more I, I think hearts like they need to be a little bit more likable even yeah. if they're kind of like scummy you know yeah, well, they, salt they, of the earth types they need to like you need to feel good about them cracking this case wide open right exactly and you need to, they need to, you need to show them at least having if not like feeling good about what, the, what they've done for people at least like wow that was a great job we did you right know, like, yeah, I'm proud of the work I put in on it yeah exactly we're like we're proud of like the result that came yes. out of this you know it's not just that like man like I'm gonna fucking nut if we hit another scoop here <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Like there's like they get an actual sexual charge out of it. Yes. Is it like the movie not the one about race, but the movie Crash about two people who are sexually aroused by car crashes? Are, they, are these two people sexually aroused yes. by sexually scoops? Aroused by scoops. Yeah. Yes. Scoop troop. <laughs> like, hey, I found out a detail you didn't get. Oh. Zip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want this movie to be the fun movie that I thought it was going to be. Yeah. That's it. That's what I got. Mm -hmm. To go back to an earlier thing we just said uh, a little bit ago. Would we recommend this film? No. No. Unequivocally, no. no. It's hard to find. No. And it, yeah, it's hard to find. We had to buy it. Be yeah. Lee purchased it because we knew yeah. we would need to watch it more than once. And, for, you know, if you have to purchase it, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. For all of the hoops we had to jump through for it, definitely not you worth do it. You can turn it, but don't. Don't yeah. do that either. Don't do yeah. anything. Um, not just, bad. Don't Very do it because don't turn it. 
Because it's illegal. Don't turn it because it's not worth it. It's a bad copy. Should we also just it's let our... Copy as well. I feel like we're we're pretty done with this movie, but it, should we just let our, our listeners know that starting in June is the oh, yeah. summer. Summer, summer of love, summer, summer of, of love. marks. <laughs> summer of marks, yep. Every movie that we will be doing this summer is going to be a rom-com in some way themed around a wedding, and to accompany all of those movies, we're fucking doing margaritas Mar- for every single one. Mar- we'll be doing a margarita that somehow represents the theme of Matrimonial the margaritas. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be low-key, it's going to be great, we wanted something really just sort of pleasant. You know, we yeah. have so many movies that are just so fucking shitty, or so fucking dense. Or, or joyless. So yeah. It's like, we need something light so that we don't, like, die. Well, I will say that, but when you watch the one I recommended, it's not, it's not purposely doing this, but there's a lot of dark Dark things about toxic masculinity in that movie. <laughs> that actually come up in weirdly compelling ways. <laughs> yeah, there's, anyway. there's moments in this movie I don't know how to explain. Yeah, I'm um, fine with seeing what that's like. Should we, um... Facebook.com slash whywatchpodcast is our website. You can like us there. Mm-hmm. You can like and subscribe, obviously, to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, yeah. all those sorts of things. Please, you know, rate us, listen to us, download, tell other people. If Five, stars like yeah, Five stars only. Five stars only. Do you want to moo it out? Thanks, Mom. <laughs> oh, God. More